Hey there, welcome back. We're not done listening to this incredible Gaia talk by Billy Carson on Thoth. Thanks for 311K. It's called Hermetic Principles and Thoth, the Power of the Spoken Words. like cell phone towers and magnetic microwaves and so forth and so on. And you put it all together, now you have a cell phone that works. Every single yeah, we're pull up a little bit. frequency and vibration create everything in the third dimension. Now, it doesn't matter what language you're speaking, because the universe speaks every language. There is no such thing as, I invented something or I thought of it, I had this great idea. Mm. All information that is taught or, or learned or discovered, really rediscovered, is already out there in space-time. You have literally received a download of information. When an idea comes to you, that's because you were on the right frequency to receive that information. Your mind was in the right position uh, consciously to have the uh, ability to dissect it, digest it, and then maybe even regurgitate it, or then maybe put action behind it and recreate it, whatever it is. There is no such thing as I came up with an idea. Everything, everything already exists. There's nothing new under the sun. Everything already exists. So when you understand these concepts and you understand the power of vocalization, you'll begin to talk out loud more. I'm always whispering stuff around me. Even my fiance goes, yeah, what do you say? I'm just talking to myself. Yeah. <laughs> so you gotta you gotta speak. Speak. It doesn't matter how loud or how low, but what once it comes out, it's out there. So you gotta realize when you realize how powerful those words are, then you begin to realize when you say something to somebody, how delicate that could be. Because if you remember Dr. Masuri Emoto who did the water experiments, and he put the, the water in the jars, and then he wrote words on the on pieces of paper and taped it to the jars. I love you. He put a prayer on one. I hate you. I wish I could, I wish you were dead. I'll kill you. The ones that had positive affirmations on them, when he took a droplet out of those jars of water and put it under a microscope, they formed beautiful crystalline structures. The ones that he put, I hate you and I want to kill you, when he took a droplet out of those jars and put them under a microscope, they, did, they were malformed, dark, and ugly. Some of them weren't even crystals at all. Now, what's the importance of this? The human body is 70% water. So when you're talking about yourself in a bad way, I suck, I'm dumb, I'm stupid. What do you think is happening to the water molecules in your body? They're taking their energy, and you're just destroying yourself. You're altering your DNA. You're putting a low frequency out there that's coming right back into your own body and changing the structure, the, the atomic structure of the molecules in your body. And when you're talking to somebody else, this is why sometimes I get so irked when I see parents going crazy on their kids. Because you know, if the kid is doing something wrong, of course you've got to get their attention. But when I see what I consider to be verbal abuse, it just irks me because I understand the, the negative impact that it's that's having on that kid's physiology. And those kind of things don't go away instantly. When you, I'm going to slap you in the next week, and I'm going to beat you down, and get out of my face, and you suck, and you're just, and that, blah, blah, blah. Those are long-term effects. Not long-term effects because of just the memory of the mind hearing it. Long-term effects on the physiology of the body. That can cause all kind of problems in the future. Different types of cancers, sicknesses, diabetes, uh, a kid may now be turned to relying more on um, different types of foods that maybe they wouldn't normally want to, you know, eat. All different types of things can happen. Becoming bullies and all the, a lot of that goes into the physiology of the body. 
it's not just mental, it becomes a physical thing. Uh, entire, uh, the entire body takes on those effects. So that's why it's very powerful, uh, you know, to talk positive affirmations to kids. A kid is doing something wrong, of course you've got to straighten them out, but there's ways to do it. And if you don't know the way to do it, then go get books and self-help books and learn the right way to talk to kids because that's our future. And if we keep tearing them down and destroying them, we're going to have no future. We're going to be stuck in this cycle of trying to relearn all this information and try to get out of this matrix system that we're in. And we keep wondering why we're spinning our wheels because we're destroying the youth. The youth are the most important people coming up. Does anybody remember the movie The Matrix? Okay, well, Neo, they call them Neo not because they just wanted to have the name Neo. It's the Neo Cortex in the human brain. That's why they call them Neo. The Neo Cortex is Latin for new bark or new rind, also called the Neo Phallium, uh, which is new mantle. It is the part of the brain in mammals. It is the outer layer of this cerebral hemisphere made up of six layers, label one through six. So this is the neocortex, all about mind. See, the Matrix, the movies, people, they know about all this stuff. They know how powerful, uh, you know, these, these things are, these names are, these terms are. And they drop little seeds on you. You know, they hide everything in plain sight. And uh, one of the big things about the movie The Matrix, not only, did it, not, not only did it expose the fact that we're living in a real Matrix, but it also exposed the fact that everything is mental, everything is mind, just like Thoth said. I wouldn't be surprised if the young lady that wrote this original story it was actually a young black lady that wrote the story, The Matrix, uh, and it was later then stolen by those brothers. And she won the case in court, but still hasn't been paid yet, unfortunately. But I wouldn't be surprised if she was a study of, of the, uh, the uh, Hermetic Principles and also a study of Thoth and the Emerald Tablets. So we're living in a fractal holographic universe, which Thoth talks about in the Emerald Tablets. And it's, getting, it's important to understand this because we touched on this yesterday, but it really truly has a lot to do with everything is mental. When you understand that, and this is me standing at the Field Museum um, in uh, Chicago. There's a, there was an exhibition there about fractals. And on this wall, you're looking at fractals, and they're showing how fractals uh, basically are recurring in nature everywhere. They also had computer displays. They're showing how fractals create mountains, oceans, lakes, rivers, trees, your lungs and your body, you know, everything. Also, you know, one thing that people don't realize, fractal patterns can be tracked into financial systems as well. So when you look at financial system economics and you put them in a computer graph, you start to realize that without even us knowing it, we're following a fractal pattern. Where did the word the matrix come from? The matrix came from, they got it from the Bible. And the Torah, really, is where they got it from. They didn't get it from, they just made up the term matrix. The term matrix is not a modern day word that just came out of nowhere. It's an ancient word. And if you open up the King James Bible or of the Torah, you're going to find it, uh, you'll find these verses, Exodus 13, 12, Exodus 13, 15, Exodus 34, 19, Numbers 3, 12, Numbers 18, 15. This is where it comes from. And what does it mean in these ancient texts? It means you need to be born out of the womb to receive a higher level of consciousness. And what happens in the movie The Matrix? Neo comes out of the uh, technological womb, and he wakes up, and then he's spit out, and he's born again. This is what it means to come out of the matrix, and this is what it's talking about in the Torah and the modern-day Bible. So if you, uh, if you want to look it up, take a screenshot of that and, and blow somebody's mind. The term the matrix, the movie, didn't get it from just off the top of their head. They got it from these ancient texts. Reality is built out of thought, and every one of your thoughts begin to create reality. 
And somebody said to me the other day, you know, I know you're saying everything is mine and everything create, you know, thoughts create reality, but I really don't have a, like a, a real simple example because it's so ambiguous. So I, I gave him an example. You have a cell phone here, okay? We all have them now. One day, somebody said to themselves, boy, it'd be so cool to be able to communicate from a device that I can walk around with in my pocket. And then that person now began the process of thought on an object that can be used as a tool. That person then visualized that object in his mind or her mind. Then that visualization turned into paper. Let me get a paper. Let me get a pen. Let me write this down. Mm -hmm. Let me just draw it out. This mm -hmm. is what it should look like. Then from there, okay, I got to contact some engineers. They contact some engineers. The engineers then take it, put it into a CAD, CAD design, computer-assisted design in modern times now. And then from there, they get it over to a factory that then replicates the parts. And then now we have enough parts to put together a template, a real one, that we can start to play with, touch, feel, say, okay, let's make this adjust this, let's change this around here. And then the next thing you know, we link up with other people that have technological uh, advancements that they've put out there through thought, like cell phone towers and magnetic microwaves and so forth and so on. And you put it all together, and now you have a cell phone that works. Every single aspect of this cell phone started inside the mind and then became a physical object. And that goes for everything that we, in here, we have in here that's man-made. The stage, the speakers, the screens, it all started in your mind first, and then it manifested into reality. This is why when you get information that comes into your mind, you have to analyze it and then see if it's really, you know, uh, something that you can help uh, in, in service to the world or utilize for yourself or put it out there because we're getting information on a consistent basis. How does this information get to us? Well, they found out that one gram of human DNA, which is enough to put on the tip of your finger, uh, can store 700 terabytes of digital data. So they took a gram of DNA and they connected it to a computer and they uploaded the Library of Congress and downloaded the Library of Congress onto it, like a regular laptop. Then they said, wow, this is incredible. Zeros and ones, DNA reads zeros and ones. Then they discovered, guess what? It also receives Wi-Fi. So DNA sends and receives Mm -hmm. Wi-Fi information, mm -hmm. digital information, invisible. I'm transmitting out of you. You're transmitting to me. We're transmitting all to each other here, whether we realize it or not. And to confirm this, when I was attending uh, MIT in neuroscience, uh, the one of the things we had in class was the fact that we're all transmitting, sending, and receiving wireless information to each other every single second of every single day. My field probably projects out from, at least from up here, probably maybe even 8 to 10 feet. Uh, uh, you know, ahead of me, and all of you are sitting so close together, all of your fields are all interacting with each other right now, sending and receiving data from each other, consistently, nonstop. Now, so when you're sitting there, like I said before, and you're getting information that you're saying is, a, is an idea, or I'm saying you're getting a down, you know, how does that work? Your DNA is receiving the information. One human body stores enough DNA, uh, has enough DNA to store all the information from the beginning of time till now beginning of timing in this one universe that we have, 13.5 billion years. So you have inside of your body 13.5 billion years of information right now, right at this second. That's how powerful your, the human body is. This is why, uh, you know, if you really if you look into some of the other things about alien reductions and so forth, which I believe are real and true, they, they want to find out how to merge with our technology. We have a very sophisticated, we're built into a very sophisticated technology, and they want to learn how to use it, and maybe even find a way, some of them may not be people or beings that have the capability of, uh, of um, transcending this dimension. 
but we are we can and they may want to merge with us for that purpose so let's talk about how the law of attraction works general relativity general relativity is a name given to einstein's theory of gravity this has to do with the curvature of space-time and how mass or gravity can actually warp or bend space. We as humans have the ability to bend the matrix to our will using nothing more than our mind. Imagine that the matrix is space-time and our minds are the gravity wells. Everywhere that we go in the third dimension, we create warped space in the matrix. So right now you see here um, the Earth and you see space warped around it. That's space and time warped around the Earth. Right now, even around your body, space is warped around your bodies. We any mass warps space. This is a this is a science fact. Okay, so now this is how it works when we're talking about the law of attraction. Replace the Earth with your mind. Okay, so in that place, I put Albert Einstein's head. <laughs> okay, so we have Albert Einstein's head here, and then we have below the first arrow going down, which is trying to quantum entangle with the Christ consciousness. The Christ consciousness, uh, some people call it, or the universal consciousness, is what you want to sync with. And how do you sync with that consciousness? Well, when, you, when, you're, um, when you're, like I talked about yesterday, when you're praying, if you're praying from a position of begging, you're probably not going to get any results. And if you get some results, it's probably just a coincidence and you thought something really happened, but the majority of the time, nothing ever happens. Like I said before, there's, uh, I was talking about it yesterday, there's, um, 7.5 billion people on this planet. Out of those 7.5 billion people, 85.9% 80, are religious. So there's trillions of prayers going up every single day, and yet, look at the state of the world. Okay? Doesn't look too bleak. It looks, it looks kind of bleak. Now, it's getting better with the conscious movement, but we're still, we still got a very long way to go. So you have to realize that what's going on here is the position of begging is a weak position. It's a low frequency position. When you're going, please help me, and I can't do this, and I need help with that, and I can't pay my mortgage, and I can't do this, and I'm sick, and help this one, and so forth and so on, that is begging. If I took an electric cap and put it on your head, connected it to a computer that can read the output of your mind, your frequency of your mind, I will show you in real science that what you're doing with that kind of prayer is generating a very low frequency vibration. And the oscillations are very wide and far apart on the screen, which means they're coming, they're overlapping very small parts of your DNA on their way out, and they're not going to sync with anything in the universe, and they're going to have no power whatsoever. For hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years, people have been praying the wrong way. Well, some people. Not the people in the East, some of them have mastered it because they don't believe in begging, they believe in commanding. So when you pray from a position of power, when you are commanding and understanding and believing that the end has already happened, that it already is done, this is the prayer that you get in some of the monks in Tibet, some of the doctors, the holistic doctors in China. Their prayer says, basically, in their language, it is done. So what happens is they were doing a healing on a woman who had gallbladder cancer. She had a ball inside of her bladder, and they had it live on TV with this sound machine, electric, uh, sonic, the sonic machine. And that's, they're saying the prayer, which is whoop shop, whoop shop, whoop which means it is done. You see it just melting and disappearing. This was a great, great video, which is still on YouTube right now. And when he asked them, why did this work? He said, because we're already committed to understanding that the woman is already healed. That's it. In the West, you guys are not praying that way. You're hoping for things to happen. And what do we do when we're when we're doing saying these prayers? We're trying to cast spells. 
that's literally, I mean, that's what everything is. I mean, the Bible is all sorts of books and spells. When you pray, you're trying to, this is why they call it spelling. You're trying to cast spells all the time, but you cast, you're trying to cast a spell in sync with something that doesn't understand what you're saying. You're trying to interface with a universe that's digital, and you can't sync, interface with that digital interface because why? It doesn't read your programming language. When you go from a position of power, your frequency goes up. So if I were to put that same cap on your head and put it to the electrodes on you and look on a computer screen and have you say, I am powerful. Divinity runs through me. I am God and God is me. Bless my life. Bless my path to my destination. Bless, bless this food. I bless this food. Um, I'm going to have a successful day. My business is going to be thriving. My relationship is going to be success successful. And then when I look at the computer screen, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to see very small oscillations, which means you're on a high frequency, and those oscillations, those vibrations and frequencies coming out of your body, your mind, are touching many more uh, nodes on your DNA, meaning that now you're getting ready to get into quantum entanglement. So that's what's happening here with this brain this, you know, on TV here. You see Einstein, he's syncing with the universal consciousness, and then that is now syncing with the divinity, which is the I, uh, which is the, um, the the flower of life, which emanates all life and all things. Now what happens is you see the arrow coming back toward Einstein's head. Why? Because there's a gravity well now, a gravity well that you've created with a high frequency of consciousness, and now everything that you're talking about that you want to happen is now falling toward you. How do satellites stay in orbit? They fall towards the planet Earth. They fall towards the planet Earth at a, at a specific speed to maintain their orbit. If one thing changes, one iota, one little bit here, one little bit there, they break orbit, and then they start to crash to the planet. This is what we're talking about here. Everything is orbiting you. Everything you need is already out there. Everything you need is already out there, and you just it's just out of your reach until you create this gravity well, which then drops and sinks and lets everything fall directly into your life. And this was something that I discovered and began to utilize for myself. And let me tell you something. It's totally and absolutely amazing. Everything that I want, everything that I need, it happens. It comes to fruition. There's no doubt in my mind that it's going to happen. And I said to myself, I'll give you an example. I said to myself three years ago, I'm going to start traveling this planet. I'm going to be going to every single ancient site that I can find, that I can dig up on this planet. I want to be there in person, touch it, feel it, and smell it do my own research, bring my own cameras, record my own information. I want to have one of the largest social media sites in the world. I want people to follow me and track down this ancient information. All these things that I said started popping in place one at a time. I got to the point where I had gone through a divorce years ago, and I got to the point where I'm ready for a relationship. I want a person that, that um, can you know, come at least consciously to my level, that can understand me better, that I can understand better, that all the years of of uh, things that I've done to build myself up to this point that I can actually utilize and learn from my past mistakes and, and do it the right way this time. And I can find somebody that would like to travel with me all over the world. And I found my fiance who just had to get on a plane. And we've been together now for a while. We've never had an argument, never had a fight, never had a disagreement. There's things that we, as me say, we there's things that we disagree on, but we don't argue about them. We have regular adult conversations about them with no yelling, no attitudes, no inflection of voice. We just sit down and talk like educated people, like smart people, and we work things out. We figure out a solution to a situation. Never had one argument yet. Uh, traveled all over the world, and our first conversation was about black holes and quantum mechanics. So just as I said, uh, a year before I met her, it worked out that exact way. And there's a lot more to that, you know, just even with some of my businesses and financially and things like that. Everything that I command 
to come into my life, but not only just command it verbally and think about it, but then you've got to put the action behind it. So now you've commanded something. Now you've got to go to the action part. So what's the action part? I wanted to have a book that was going to sell and be very successful to spread the word about both the Atlantean. So the first thing I did was I spoke that out loud. After I spoke it out loud and thought about it and focused on it for a while, I began to write the book. Once I got the book done, so that's the action part, writing the book. Then I had to market it and put it out there. So you have to follow up your conscious uh, thoughts and your verbal thoughts with action behind them. You can't just sit back and go, okay, give me a million dollars, and then just sit back and think, okay, it's going to show up at my house. It doesn't really work that way. you got to put action behind it. If, it's a, if you're in a business and you're trying to advance your business to a specific level, then you need to set down and you need to write down your goals, long-term, short-term, medium-term, or long-term, and then you need to vocalize them out loud. And after you vocalize them out loud, then you need to go ahead and put your plan of action in behind each one of those goals, and you need to put the energy out there for that. Once you do that, then you're going to see everything just fall right into place. And it's an amazing thing. So the law of attraction is very real and it's very, very powerful. And sometimes without you even realizing it, you can enact these types of synchronicities coming into your life. Uh, but you have to be careful because if you're doing it in a negative way, if you're talking negative and thinking negative, it works the same way negative. You can draw negative in. If you're hanging around a lot of negative people, get the heck away from them. Get the heck away from them. I have family members that I don't see anymore. I love them. I, but I don't go hang out with them. I don't go see them. I'll call them on the phone, send them a text, send them a message, Facebook messenger. Hey, hey, what's, you know, okay. But I'm not going to go put myself in a room full of dark energy. And you shouldn't. And don't feel bad about it or sorry about it or whatever. You have to live your best life, period. If you can't focus on and uh, generate positive and stay around positive energy, how can you be of service to others? That doesn't mean that you're never going to go around people that are dark and low. Because sometimes your job is to bring those people up. But people who are stuck in a psychological concept or a matrix type of a mind, Agent Smith mind, and they're really stuck there and you've worked on it and you can't get them out of it, don't put yourself in that position. Don't put yourself in those rooms with those people on a consistent basis because that dark energy and that, 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 that frequency they're putting out is going to come inside of your body. Your DNA is going to absorb those frequencies and it's going to pull you down. It even will change your physical chemistry in your body. This is scientifically proven. Going into a room around people that are low frequency, low vibration, dark energy, dark mindsets will literally change the physiology in your body. This is scientific fact. So you have to learn how what I call bend the matrix. And this is what I do every single day. Every single day, I wake up in the morning, I stand up, I do my stretches, and I do that exact move. And I feel like I'm bending the matrix around my body. You have to feel that kind of power inside of yourself. You have to feel like you really have these capabilities. You can't just, you know, put the, oh, it sounds great, you know, and just keep on. If you really want to utilize a lot of these laws, these mentalization and laws of attraction, and you have the power that you have over your own reality tunnel, you got to really truly believe it. And so this, this is one of the things that I do. You know, we're living in a matrix system, and we can't really, unfortunately, completely break out of the matrix system because we're submerged inside of a light matrix, number one. Then we're inside of and this is what I do every single day. Every single day, I wake up in the morning, I stand up, I do my stretches, and I do that exact move. And I feel like I'm bending the matrix around my body. You have to feel that kind of power inside of yourself. Fact.
So you have to learn how what I call bend the matrix. And this is what I do every single day. Every single day, I wake up in the morning, I stand up, I do my stretches, and I do that exact move. And I feel like I'm bending the matrix around my body. You have to feel that kind of power inside of yourself. You have to feel up in the morning, I stand up. So you have to learn how what I call bend the matrix. And this is what I do every single day. Every single day, I wake up in the morning, I stand up, I do my stretches, and I do that exact move. And I feel like I'm bending the matrix around my body. You have to feel that kind of power inside of yourself. You have to feel like you really have these capabilities. You can't just, you know, but they all just sound great, you know, and just keep on. If you really want to utilize a lot of these laws, these mentalization laws of attraction, and you, the power that you have over your own reality tunnel, you've got to really truly believe it. And so this, this is one of the things that I do. You know, we're living in a matrix system, and we can't really, unfortunately, completely break out of the matrix system because we're submerged inside of a light matrix, number one. Then we're inside of another matrix. We're inside of the governmental matrix. We're inside of the institutional matrix. We're inside of the, the prison matrix. All those are other systematical matrices, the capitalist society matrix, that have been put on us. What you have to do, you have to learn how to maneuver through these things. You have to learn how to, you have to, learn how to maneuver through them. You have to understand, yes, you have to dabble in them because that's where we are right now. But at the same time, you have to know when you can pull back, and you have to know when you can bend them. When you can bend them. That's, and that's what I like to do. I like to bend the matrix. The law of attraction in the matrix is when you are in sync with the universal consciousness, and you warp or bend uh, the matrix, and the law of attraction kicks in, allowing your needs and wants to fall toward you. Simply put, the law of attraction is the ability to attract into your, our, our lives whatever we are focusing on. It is believed that regardless of age, nationality, religion, belief, we are all susceptible to the laws that which govern the universe, including the law of attraction. It is the law of attraction which uses the power of the mind to translate whatever is in our thoughts and materialize them into reality. How do we get in sync with the universal consciousness? To do this, we must first raise our vibration of our thoughts. In the third dimension, the universe only responds to high-frequency thoughts. This is important stuff. This is what I've been telling you the whole time. We spent a lot of time just on principle number one. Because I think that's one of the most powerful principles, because you really can't advance any much further if you have a weak mind and a weak mindset and a dark mind. You have to realize that. Thoughts create reality. Second principle, as above, so below. The principle of correspondence, as above, so below. This is another powerful understanding we have to have here. In other words, everything on the macro scale is the same on the micro scale. In other words, right now, I have cells in my body, and each one of those cells in my body can do everything that I can do. Every cell in my body can do everything that I can do. And then when you look at a cell in a human body, you realize that cell can be its own universe. So everything on the smallest scale comes to the biggest scale, and we're going to talk about that. For example, the solar system, ironically, uh, it's a large-scale object which resembles an atom that has electrons uh, orbiting it. And just like in a solar system, planets can switch positions, especially in the early formation stages, an atom can do the same thing. If an atom crashes into another atom, and energetically the electrons can jump from one orbit to another. Uh, so it's amazing how as above, so below can, can happen on a classical scale in a solar system, something as big as a solar system, all the way down to something as microscopic as an atom. This is a video I played yesterday, giving another example, a real, just a fundamental example of as above, so below. You see, this is you with the sperm in the top corner, uh, which is they're competing, obviously, to get to the egg. And then 
entering your body on the other side at the top corner. You see the sperm, they're going to get to this egg now, and they've got to battle. One of them has to win, so somebody's got to get inside. And the frequency that carries sperm is, is the male frequency energy in the universe, but the frequency that carries creation is the female energy. We may, we may have a chance to go over that a little bit today as well. Then you see in the lower left corner, this is you, uh, where you have a brain and a, and a, um, and a uh, stem, a, a brain, a brain, I'm sorry, and a um, spinal cord, which ironically resemble a sperm and the sperm's tail. Now, it's not the sperm and sperm cell growing up to be a brain and a, <laughs> and a spinal cord, but what it's, it's an archetype. It shows you, as above, so below. We start off as a tiny spermatozoa, and the next thing you know, you've got a brain and a, and a spinal cord, which ironically resemble each other. And the other side, you have everything around the, you know, the body is just to preserve the brain and that spinal cord, which represent the thing that it started out as first, which was a spermatozoa. So it's very interesting to see from that perspective to get a good understanding of as above. Now, it's not the sperm and sperm cell growing up to be a brain and a, <laughs> and a spinal cord, but what it's, it's an archetype. It shows you as above, so below. We start off as a tiny spermatozoa, and the next thing you know, you've got a brain and a, and a spinal cord, which ironically resemble each other. And the other side, you have everything around the, you know, the body is just to preserve the brain and that spinal cord, which represent the thing that it started out as first, which was a spermatozoa. So it's very interesting to see from that perspective to get a good understanding of as above, so below. This meme says, hello, I am the universe, and it is a pleasure for you to meet yourself. <laughs> it's a meme I made a long time ago because you have to understand that you are the universe and the universe is you. Every planet, every moon says, hello, I am the universe, and it is a pleasure for you to meet yourself. <laughs> it's a meme I made a long time ago because you have to understand that you are the universe and the universe is you. Every planet, every moon, every stellar nursery, every nebula, every grain of sand in the entire universe is you and you are it. And when you understand that, you are all we're all part of one main thing. And like I was talking about yesterday, the human brain is encased in darkness. It can't see, smell, touch, or feel anything. It doesn't even know that anything even exists. But it has friends. So it says to its friends, sight, sight, hearing, smelling, feeling, touch, and everything else. Hey, friends, I need you guys to go out there and collect some information. Go out there and tell me what's going on. Those friends go out, but they themselves can't decipher the information. They can only collect the data. So they go out and collect data and bring it back to the brain, which is encased in total darkness. When they, when they bring it back to the brain, the brain then sorts it all out and projects a hologram and says, this is what's going on out there. And you navigate through this third dimension based off of projected holograms. And that's how you navigate this world. It's not because you opened your eyes and you can see that there's a road and a path and you're walking down it. It goes way deeper than that. And everything you see in the third dimension, you see in the past. You see nothing in the current uh, present moment. As I'm looking at this gentleman here, the light photon that's bouncing off of him and coming into my eye, there's a time frame for that. That time frame is probably a Planck unit. Now it's got to get into my eye and it's got to go to the back of my brain and my brain has to decipher that data. It happens in a very, very quick amount of time, but by the time I recognize that I've seen him, he's already moved into a different position. You see, so you don't see anything in the current moment. Everything you see is in the past. Third principle, the principle of vibration. Everything moves, everything vibrates, what we're talking about now. The reason why you can never tell the location and vibration of a spin of an atom at the same time 
this is great for encryption technology, is because once you bounce a photon off of it to look at it, you change the spin or the momentum. You see? So this is why uh, you can never tell both at the same time. Everything has a frequency, everything has a vibration, everything moves. Nothing stands still. To get to absolute zero is virtually almost impossible because uh, at the subatomic level, everything is still vibrating. So it's very hard to get objects to reach a complete total zero, absolute zero. So now that we know that everything vibrates, what does that mean? Well, if you look at string theory, you find out that we everything, according to string theory, there's these gigantic vibrating strings, subatomic strings, but they're very big, vibrating and emanating these frequencies. And out of these frequencies, which are, these vibrating strings, by the way, are inside the flower of life. So they're coming through something out of the flower of life called the, the uh, vesica pisces, which we're going to show, I'm going to show you in a minute. As these energies, these vibrations come through the vesica pisces out into what we call our universe, they bring with them everything needed to create matter. Now, if they start off as electromagnetic waves, until a conscious observer looks at it, looks at these waves, or, or observes these waves, or interacts with these waves, and then we collapse those waves into matter. So it's the illusion of matter. In other words, this podium doesn't even exist right here. Of course, every, an atom is 99.9%, .9%, even more than that, empty space. So this shouldn't even be here. What has it here? What has it given us this feel of solidity? It's an illusion. As a matter of fact, the only thing stopping my hand from passing through this podium is the electromagnetic repulsion of the electrons in my hand and the, and the electrons that are rotating on the atoms inside this podium. Now, if I can phase shift the atomic frequency of the atoms in my hand, I can pass my hand directly through this podium like it wasn't even there and bring it right back out with no effect or any injury. And this is something that more advanced beings have the capability of doing. Uh, sometimes people think they're seeing wraiths or ghosts. They could be seeing people, uh, people that are coming from other dimensions uh, or have the capability of using cloaking technology and walking through things, like people talk about all the time in some of these, um, uh, these contact situations. Uh, sometimes, you know, things aren't as far-fetched as they seem until you really, under really understand the physics behind them, and they become more realistic and understandable as being technology and understanding of how the world works, how the universe works, versus something ambiguous as, uh, as a ghost. I'm not saying they don't exist, but what I'm saying is, it's very possible to mimic something very similar to that by just knowing what to do and how to do it. So here's a somatic uh, demonstration uh, and also a, uh, the orbit of the Earth around the, uh, around, the, um, around the Sun. And you'll see the pattern that it makes. And you'll see here in the upper left corner cell division where we were talking about earlier uh, how we have uh, a very good scale of azimuth so low. similar and self-recurring. If you look at the audio uh, levitation of the droplets, you see that they create this pattern here, which re resembles Metatron's cube, which is a four-dimensional cube that was most likely in the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, it has many other technological uses as well. And inside this pattern as well, you can also see something called the vector equilibrium, which gives us access to unlimited power, Wait, unlimited energy resources. The picture of Metatron's cube. They create this pattern here, which resembles Metatron's cube, which is a four-dimensional cube that was most likely in the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, has many other technological uses as well. 
And inside this pattern as well, you can also see something called the vector equilibrium, which gives us access to unlimited power, unlimited energy sources. Uh, and the ancients knew all about this. So we're just starting to rediscover these things through frequency and vibration. Frequency and vibration are the reason why a leopard has spots, why a turtle has that pattern on its back. I mean, everything you could think of in this entire third dimension is because of frequency and vibration. Frequencies and vibrations that you can't necessarily hear. Don't forget, our human hearing is very, very weak. That's why, you know, if you buy a dog whistle, a dog could hear it, but you can't hear the whistle. Even our visual capabilities are very, we have a very small capability visually. If you could see everything that was going on around here, if you had 100% visual capability, you'd probably freak out right now. Okay? You'd probably freak out and run out of this room. So we have a very limited perception, and with that limited perception, we're trying to perceive things that are way beyond our, capa our, our mental capabilities at this moment. Now, this is a, um, a famous cylinder seal from Samaria. This cylinder seal, I believe, is on display at the British Museum in England. And uh, it's a little fizzy or fuzzy, obviously, but um, you see the king or the god sitting down. Now, he's very big because he's much taller than the men that are to the left, these three men there. If you were able to see it a lot clearer, I know you kind of, some of you are kind of far away, but these three men, there's one man who's got his hand on this table, and he's lifting the table with one hand. This is a stone table. Above that table, there's a disc. That disc is not sitting on the table. That disc is a frequency that's emanating from that object above it, uh, that arm that's kind of reaching over the god, and, and then you see the lines coming down. That's the, the, the um, It's kind of showing you that there's a frequency coming out of this box at the top of this that arm, that, that device. Very similar to the one that Edward Leedskillen has at the Coral Castle in Miami, Florida, which I visited when he built that megalithic structure in Miami. He used the same exact technique. So this box or this device at the top, this arm that's kind of hovering over, it's emanating this frequency. This frequency is allowing this average man to lift this stone table with one hand. He's teaching human beings how frequencies and vibration can, do, can, can create anti-gravity. This tablet is about 7,000 years old. 7,000 years ago, people with much more advanced knowledge were teaching human beings about anti-gravity technology. So this is a very, very famous seal, and I looked at it, analyzed it, broke it down, and I realized this was technology at work. Okay, so again, everything operates off of frequencies and vibrations. I was wondering what that meant. Clarity. Everything is dual. Everything has poles. Everything has this pair of opposites. Like and unlike are the same. Opposites are identical in nature, but different in degree. Uh, this is important that you understand this. Um, like and unlike are the same. Opposites are identical in nature, but different in degree. Extremes meet all truths, but are but half-truths. All paradoxes may be reconciled. So we'll take, for example, something as simple as... Um, temperature you know of, of atoms let's say that this was a jar of water for example and the bottom part of the of the water was hot and the top half of the water was cold it's still water and it'd still be h2o the only difference is the temperature and this is important for people to understand that everything flows in and out everything has ties everything has a rise and a fall everything has a yin and a yang positive and negative you can't have uh you know good without evil you can't have evil without good it just part of the balance of the universe. Uh, that's just the way it is. Uh, and once you really understand that, you start to see things a lot differently. So if you're interacting with a person, for example, how can you apply this to your life? If you're interacting with a person that, um, that disappointed you, 
for whatever reason. You thought this person was going to do something for you and take care of a situation, and it didn't work out that way. Don't be disappointed at the person. Be disappointed at yourself <laughs> because you had an expectation from that person. See, if, when you stop, uh, when you become a better judge of people and drop expectations, then you're more likely to uh, not get yourself hurt. Now, in other words, we tell somebody to do something, but if they don't get it done, don't have an expectation that they will get it done because that person may fail you. That's just the way life is. That's just the way life is. It's just, and unfortunately, that's just the way life is. So that's just a very, you know, rare example. Some people get really down because they've been disappointed by other people over and over again, not realizing it may be some of the decisions that they're making and who they're picking to, to, to enact out or act out these particular things that they're looking to get done. The principle of rhythm. Everything flows out and in. Everything has tides. Everything rises and falls, like I was talking about before. The pendulum swing manifests in everything. The measure of the swing to the right is the measure of the swing to the left. Rhythm compensates. Now, there's a video here I'm going to show that shows a swinging motion and an object in a way and how, it, how the swinging motion moves this object. And you have to imagine that us as a conscious movement uh, coming together to become one and to work together to overthrow the 1% that are running and controlling this planet. We have 7.5 billion people on this planet being run by 1%, basically really 13 families. Just a little over 100 people control everything. Literally control everything. Shame on us. It's our fault. It's not their fault. It's our fault. It's our fault for all the wars. It's our fault for all the destruction. It's our fault for all the slavery. It's our fault for all the... The, the, the political systems that are in place and all the demonic activity going on, it's our fault. You know why? Because there's 7.5 billion of us and we can't get along with the person right, sitting right next to us enough to have a decent conversation. And if 7.5 billion people got together all in, one, all in unison, all in one accord, all in the same frequency, there's no way 100 people can run and control us and tell us what to do and inject poisons into our baby and feed us poisons at the grocery store and make us pay these fake taxes and make us pay these fake mortgages on fake money that doesn't exist and all this other crazy stuff that we're allowing to happen. And just literally work us to death. Work us so hard that all we can think about is retirement. And by the time we get to retirement, we can't even take the retirement money and go anywhere because we got diseases now and we can't even travel. We're dead. Think about that. Because why? We have no unison. We have no pendulum swing. We're not swinging like a pendulum. We're not moving in unison to move the object out of the way. What we're doing is we're literally focusing on conquering and divide tactics and, and actually allowing it to happen. And then we're also focusing on all the distraction tactics. I got to pay my mortgage. If I don't do that, if I don't go to work to do this, if I don't, I got to take care of this situation. I got to go to work over here. I got to pay these taxes. I got to. It's just we're, we're, we're in a rat race. We're in a rat race and we let that distract us from from uh, loving one another, from talking to people, from even saying hi when, you, when we walk past somebody on the street. We're, all, we're so distracted and so distraught and torn apart, we don't realize all the powers in the people, all the powers in unity. There's more power in unity than division. They keep us divided. They've been keeping us divided since ancient times. I'll tell you how far back this goes to a good record of it. When you look at the Sumerian tablets, you find out about a situation called the, the Tower of Babel incident. When you look in the modern-day Bible, you look at the same incidents. In the modern-day Bible, the Tower of Babel, uh, Yahweh, who was really Enlil from the Sumerian tablets, he came back after being away. Now, what God goes away and comes back and doesn't know what's going on? Obviously, this wasn't a God, a real God, a creator of the universe God. This was a person that was advanced who went away and came back and was shocked. 
I don't know if a god, if the creator of the universe is going to be shocked by anything because he's going to know everything. <laughs> so this isn't a real god. I'm trying to make this point to you. And the Sumerian tablets, it's not a real god. It's an Anunnaki person. It's a person of advanced knowledge and wisdom. Goes away, comes back. Human beings are building this tower. Tower into space. Mimicking something they saw the Anunnaki do. He's shocked by this because at that moment he realizes human beings have the capability of not only being just as good as the Anunnaki in terms of technology and working together, maybe even can surpass them. And because we outnumbered them, this had to come to an end immediately. So what did he do in the Bible? Same thing he did with the tablets. He destroyed the Tower of Babel. And then he goes and takes the people that were working together in unison, all as, all as one, all in love for one another, on a common goal, and rips them apart. Then he changes their languages, sends them different parts of the planet. And he says, my seed shall not abide in man forever. His years shall be numbered to 120. Well, guess what they just found out at Harvard University? A human being can only live to 120 years under the most pristine conditions because of a fusion of chromosome number two that happened thousands of years ago that they can't figure out how it happened, but it had to happen in a laboratory, they're saying, because this can't happen through evolution. So at some point in the distant past, which is, we already know who it was, in Lil, he ordered a genetic modification on human beings to fuse chromosome number two and put a telomere cap on one end and a telomere cap on the other end, and that telomere cap has something called genetic buffer material. And in this genetic buffer material, scientists discovered that, what? Every time your cells and DNA replicate, the buffer gets smaller and smaller and smaller. When the buffer caps are out of material, your body begins the death process. And that's how you die. Now, what they've done in Harvard is they've discovered how to stop the telomeres from shrinking in mice. And mice, they've created a situation where these mice live three times longer than they should have. Which means they can do it to human beings. But guess what's going to happen if we don't take back control of this planet? They're going to start selling you time. That's where we're going. So here we have a pension scene. This should be mankind in unison. Maybe I slowed it down too much. <laughs> well, this is a very simple example of how easy it is to move an object out of the way when you're working on one accord. Just a very simple short demonstration video. But imagine that that pendulum was us, all of the people of the planet, all working together on one accord to take care of one another, to make sure that nobody's starving, to make sure that everybody's got power and electricity, to stop governments from sending children to go to war against other, against other people in other countries that they never met, didn't even know they even exist, don't even know these people, what they're about, who they are, to go kill them and kill their families for no reason whatsoever, all for the sake of making more money. People in $10,000 suits sending kids halfway around the world to blow up another family living in a tent. This all has to come to an end. And it's our fault. It's our fault because we have been silent and we've allowed it to happen. We haven't fought hard enough against it. I'm not talking about Putin and Ryan, and I'm not talking about that. If you want to end this system that we're under, we only have to do one thing. We have to say no. And what do I mean by that? No, I'm not paying my mortgage. No, I'm not going to pay my taxes anymore. No, I'm not going to go to work on Monday. 30 million people don't go to work on Monday, the system collapses. No, you can't have my money, um, Mr. Rothschild. I'm going to take all of my money out of your banks. If 20 or 30 million people went to the bank on Monday morning to take all their money out, first of all, they don't have that much cash available because the money doesn't even exist. Only 15% of the cash is available anyway. The banks collapse in one day. Capitalistic society, gone. Okay, uh, elite, you negotiate with us now. We tell you what we want to happen. 
A person now will be raised to a level of status based on how good they are, what they do, how well they can help and become in service to others. Uh, you know, we need a different economy. We have to change our mindset in order to change the world. We have to get out of this capitalist society. Now, while we're in this capitalist society, we have to utilize it and dabble it because right now it's the only thing that we have working. But when we get enough conscious souls on this planet that understand what I'm talking about right now, it may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, it may be 300, 400 years from now, it's going to happen. People are going to wake up one day and say, enough is enough. No, we're not going to do it. If you don't think that can happen, I'm telling you, it happened in the past. Because we've gone through these cycles before over many, many eons and eons and eons where we rise and fall of civilization and we're headed into the fifth world. Even just a small demonstration when Martin Luther King got thousands of people to stop getting on the buses. It got to the point where they were begging people to get on the buses. You can do whatever you want. You can sit on the, you can drive the damn bus. <laughs> just give it. Because why? The economy had lost so much money from that boycott. And that was just a small example. Imagine if we take all the money out of the Moscow banks and say, we're done with you guys. We don't, we're not, we're not, we're not operating with you anymore. We're not operating with you, Mr. Taxman, because 100% of your income tax goes directly towards the Rothschild Old Central Bank interest on fake money that never existed in the first place. Not one penny of your income tax goes to the U.S. government. Look it up. Not one penny. This is our fault. We're the ones that are uh, responsible for allowing this to happen. We're in full collusion with our, for our silence. Okay, let's talk about silence the youth. We're talking about cycles. So, what I was talking about is there's cycles of rise and fall. They call it the yuga cycles in India. And I love these because you can see right now that we're in the silver age, the tetra yuga. We're at the beginning of the silver age on the left side, actually. Uh, and we're the pioneers of the conscious movement. We're the pioneers. We're moving back into the golden age. We're not on the other side where the Tetrayuga, where we're going into the bronze. We're actually on the side that's headed back up towards the golden. These are very, very long cycles that go on for uh, 15, 20, 30,000 years each. They're very, very long cycles. And we're at the beginning of the silver, which means probably to get to the golden age, we're still looking probably seven to 8,000 years from now. But it does mean that things aren't going to get a lot better on this planet. As people become more conscious, that pe people become... Uh, more aware of what's going on, just within a very short period of time, you're going to see a lot of changes. Look where we came from, from 100 years ago to now, from the horse, buggy, and carriage to space travel. We have the capability. It's inside of us. Within the next 30 years to 40 years, if you're still alive, you may be able to extend your life another 50 to 100 years just on stem cells because of stem cell research. Using your own stem cells, not dead embryos, because they can take a skin cell from your body now and turn that skin cell into a stem cell Reinject it into your body and cure Alzheimer's and many other illnesses and diseases. This is already being done. So we're, we're in an age now where we can go one way, one reality tunnel, one path, or the other. But this is why we have to keep putting information out there. We've got to wake up a lot of people. We've got to make them conscious. We have to make them understand these principles. We've got to get them to the point where they understand so we can continue to head up towards this golden age uh, in, a, in a swift movement. And what I'd like to see this time, to be honest with you, we've done this before. The Mayans say we've done this four times, and we're headed into the fifth, uh, the fifth world. Um, this is not something that's new. The Indians believe the same thing. This is something that's gone on for eons. I'd like to break this cycle. Why does it have to be a circle? Why can't we get to the point where we maintain a golden age? Has anybody ever probably thought about that? Mm -hmm. These ancient sages and so forth. But it was a cycle. It's always a cycle. But why can't we break this time loop? It's time to break it. It's time to stay in the golden age. When we get there, we need to stay there. 
You know, so these are some of the goals that I've set forth to be able to put out there mm-hmm. into the universe. I may not be around to see these things occur, but I'd like to drop the seeds and uh, see, see if they, we can manifest them. So when people say, well, what do you do for a living? Well, I alter future realities in the third dimension. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. Let's look at the sixth principle, the principle of cause and effect. Every cause has its effect, and every effect has its cause. Every, everything happens according to law. Chance is but a name for a law that's not recognized. There are many planes of causation, but nothing escapes the law. So this is, you know, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Every, every decision has a consequence. So, I mean, literally, every single decision you make, whether it's a good consequence or a bad consequence, what Dolph is saying is everything is going to have a consequence. So it can be simply, something as simple as, okay, I just want to leave this uh, lecture and walk out the door. If I walk out the door right now, you guys are going to be sitting there going, what the heck's happening? I'm never going to go see Billy Carson again. <laughs> that would be the consequence, just to give you an example. Uh, you know, or the, the other decision I can make is to stay here and do my full presentation and tell you guys thank you for coming out and you know, give you a hug and a kiss and, and then walk out. And, Man, it was great. I'd like to come back and see some more. See, so every decision you make has a consequence. And it goes to everything. Everything from even eating food to going to school to talking to your kids to... So whatever you do, and I think it's important that we understand this because I think a lot of times we disconnect consequence from from the decision. We make decisions without thinking about the consequences. And what happens is we get ourselves in trouble. This happens all the time. I mean, it literally happens all the time. So what I've now started trying to do myself, because I'm just as guilty as everybody else, is I started, when I get ready to make a decision, I'm not rushing anymore. I stop and I think. And sometimes if there's a lot of potential consequences, I write down the consequences I think could occur from this decision. And then I analyze those consequences, and based on those consequences and percentages of those things happening, then I move forward with my decision one way or the other. And if we all did that, took the time to do that, and stopped racing, 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 racing all the time, making split-second decisions, we probably end up having a better life and having a, a better life for our families. So this is a very important thing. I mean, it sounds so simple, but it's so hard to do because we have to make decisions all the time. And sometimes it's hard to slow down. But there are certain things, you know, a lot of people will say in the religious aspect, they'll say, um, I'm going to go pray about it. Which I pray, by the way, just because I don't believe in these gods that are written out about in the Bible, I mean, I don't believe in a God. I believe in the divine creator of this universe, the real universal creator, not the ones that are written about in these plagiarized books. Uh, so... I pray, because prayer is, prayer is power, and that's what they're trying to say. They're trying to say, when they go, I'm going to go pray about it, they're talking about actually going and meditating on it, and trying to analyze the potential outcomes, and that's, that's a real thing, that's a real powerful thing to do, and something I recommend people do. Newton's third law, if you look at it from a scientific uh, standpoint, one may say that Newton's third law, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. The statement means that in every interaction, there is a pair of forces acting on the two Interacting objects. The size of the forces on the first object equals the size of the force on the second object. This can be applied to every aspect of your life, not just on a physical object. Uh, you know, to give you a very simple demonstration here, you see the girl on the left. She's taking a jump shot with a basketball. Uh, she, the girl pushes on the ball, and the ball pushes back on the girl, but the friction keeps the girl in place. She's got her feet firmly on the ground. In the second picture, she's on roller skates. This is when you're making decisions without thinking about the consequences. She's on roller skates now. She's shooting the basketball. 
with the roller skates taking away the friction, the girl pushes the ball, but the ball pushes back on the girl, and the girl slides backwards. Sounds familiar? Some of the things that happen in our life, sometimes we slide backwards a little bit, don't we? It happens to all of us. Because we make decisions without considering the consequences. Okay? The seventh principle, the principle of gender. Gender is everything. Gender is in everything. Everything has masculine and feminine principles. Gender manifests on all planes. Now, this is true. There's a masculine, masculine energy in the universe and a feminine energy in the universe. And they both have their, their own purposes. Okay? I think one of the biggest misconceptions that has been going on, like I talked about yesterday, is the fact that, for whatever reason, well, I know the reason, is suppression of the female energy. Uh, men have uh, suppressed and oppressed women and suppressed the fact that the female energy is the creation energy of the universe uh, and the most powerful energy in the universe um, outside of consciousness. Um, it's energetically, it's where everything, everything comes through a womb, including, like I talked about earlier, coming out of the matrix. You have to come out of the womb in order to be born again. And um, male energy has more to do with some of the more technical side of things, uh, interacting with the female energies and assisting and gu helping guide it. But when you look at, for example, the, the, the oppression of the female energy, I'll give you a simple example. Anybody here been to Egypt, Cairo? Okay, I've been to Cairo. You've been there. Very dirty. Buildings look disgusting and tore down. I'm talking about where the people live, not, not the pyramids. I'm talking about where the people live. The streets are, have garbage in the streets. They dump garbage everywhere. Garbage and plastic bottles everywhere you look. They've now started dumping garbage in the back of the Great Pyramid. They turned it into a dump. Um, the structures are dilapidated and falling apart. Everything is one color, like this color. There's no yellow, pinks, and blues, and grays. No different color paints. Everything is one color, and there's dirt everywhere. Very little greenery. Not because it's the desert. It's because they don't. It's all men running everything. You have men dominating the entire region, and women are wearing fully clothed garments. They all their eye, only thing that can show is their eyeballs, and that's it. They're completely uh, oppressed. They have no say-so with rights in anything. And the place is being run like a gigantic bachelor pad, and that's what a bachelor pad looks like. You're talking about a bachelor pad the size of a, of a, of a country. <laughs> it's bad. And that's just one small example to give you. And as you look at more of these countries and you start to realize, and why is this going on? You start to look at the women and realize they're being oppressed. There's no feminine input whatsoever. This is a small example of no feminine input in a region and how destructive it can be to the area, how it looks, smells, and feels. Uh, you need that balance. There's no balance there. There's zero balance there. And, um, you know, so I made this little video about the Vesica Pisces, which is an intersecting point between the uh, circles that come out of the flower of life. And this is where all of the energy flows <laughs> into our universe from. And I'm gonna play this quick video. Hey guys, Forbidden Knowledge here. I wanna talk to you real quick about the Vesica Pisces and the womb of creation. A circle actually has two points, point A and point B. These two single points are actually clones of one another. And those two points have equal potential because point A can rotate around point B, and point B can rotate around point A. This is one radius that both circles share. The black form in the middle is called the Vesica Pisces. You are literally looking at the womb of the universe. Every single thing that exists emanates from the Vesica Pisces. I mean, all. All of the vibratory frequencies that create a material world actually emanate from this womb. 
The energy from the matrix is feminine by nature. The ancients called it the Sophia energy. They already knew the universal energy was actually feminine. Written knowledge, signing off. So you have to understand, you look at, you slice open an orange, you slice open a lemon, you, 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 know, you look at a female that's given birth. Everything is coming out of a womb. Um, and um, that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. That's just an archetype of 